we're going to hear and be blessed with a testimony from Elder Lynn. So let us begin this service with that testimony and let us welcome her now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A funny thing happened to me as I was leaving the service last week, and I kind of volunteered. Oh, Reverend. Reverend, I will uh, give the first testimony. And as the elders know, I don't volunteer too often. <laughs> Even Reverend knows that. So she was kind of shocked. But I wanted to give this testimony and, and think about all the things that happened during this, this year, especially from March through now. You know, we've been closed down, and we've been masked, and we've been in our homes, and you know, and, and we kind of feel sorry for ourselves, amen? You're staying home, you feel sorry for yourself, oh, I can't go out, I can't do this, I can't do that. But the thing is, we, are, we have to be thankful for the little things that happens in our lives, not the great big things. You know, because I went home and I said, I had nothing great big, you know, happened to me in my life between these months. But we are now in the midst of COVID-19, and there seems to be no, no end in sight. You know, I hear, I hear complaints about uh, my work, and, and I'm doing this, and I can't do that. And, and I was thinking, you know, we got to be thankful. And I am too thankful for the job he gave us to do. Even if you can't work from home, he is giving you the opportunity to work and to feed the sheep. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because for Elder Ted and I, we, we get on each other's nerves at home because 24-7 sometimes, you know, it's not the same. But He's, we're doing house projects. Well, he's been doing home projects. And we did the garden, and we don't know how to take care of this garden. And so we go online and see how you take care of your tomatoes and your cabbage and whatever. And so we got to spend quality time together and learn more about each other. Even after 50 years, you learn more and more about each other. And so you don't get on each other's nerves. We're also thankful that our daughter don't have to take the bus because one of her coworkers have to work from home and his parking open. So she could take one of the cars to work and not take the bus. And so we're thankful for that little thing that she's protected by. And we're just overwhelmed that we praise God. We are thankful that he put us in touch with old friends. He put us in touch with a group of friends where we can stay in our bubble. We exercise twice a week. You know, we talk to each other. We talk about God. We spread his, we spread his good word. And we praise him every day with texts between 16 of us. And we text each other, praising God for the, for the blessings he has given us. Also, I found that the little things that he has given the people, most people, 
We forget, we forget. We for always forget just the minute things he has given us. He has given us bread to put on our table. He has given us a roof over our head. He has given us the beautiful weather we've been having. Even if it's hot, it's beautiful out there. And when we needed rain, he made it rain. Amen? We were in a drought situation, and he made it rain. And it's hard for me to hear, you know, I don't like to wear masks. <laughs> I'm tired of wearing But think about it. It's protecting you, and it's protecting me. Amen? Amen. And sometimes we just don't realize we have to do it in order to, you know, get this pandemic under, under control. So I want to, God wants me to tell them, you know, be thankful for your good health and my good health. Be thankful for that. Then I ask God, I want to dance again. We haven't danced forever, right? We haven't sung a song. And you know what he told me? He tells me, be patient. Because all things will be made possible again soon. Yes, he told me, be patient. And, and th those are the things that we are thankful for, that Elder Ted and I are thankful for. I am especially thankful for the breath of life he gives us every single day. Amen? It makes us wake up. He gives us a breath of life, and we enter into the world and say, thank you, God, for protecting me every day. Amen? He has given us daily for, for also for what he has given us daily in our lives and for keeping our church open. Amen? And for the podcast that Reverend put out when we weren't open. Amen? They, he kept us in touch all the time. Amen? I am so thankful. And we are thankful for bringing us, bringing all of us closer to him. Amen? And those are my testimonies for the day. Amen and amen. Thank you, Elder Lynn. Congregation, beautiful congregation, please be seated. We have gathered here these past few weeks to read, to hear, and to study the Word of God according to the vision that was given to John, his apostle on the Isle of Patmos, the book of the Revelation. Or should I say the awesome book of the Revelation. We understand from these past few weeks why it has been delivered to the earth and the effects of it that is taking place thus far. But brothers and sisters in Christ, we understand God's love, but these past few weeks, we are also starting to understand God's judgment. So this morning, I would like to talk about why God has to judge the world. Ministering ushers kindly pass out the pamphlet that I have. 
This pamphlet is um, dated October 25th. And we will be reading several scriptures in the Word of God this morning. And we're going to go ahead and just read it. We're going to start with 2 Peter. It's actually chapter 3, verses 3 through 17. But if we can all read it from this pamphlet that way, we're all reading the same version. This is the New International Version. So if you are ready, I will read aloud and you will read silently along with me. And I'm starting in 2 Peter chapter 3, reading through verses 3 through 17, and it reads, Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it is, has such the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. Verse 7. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. Verse 12, as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless blameless and at peace with him stop for just a moment remember my message this morning is why god has to judge the world verse 15 bear in mind that our lord's patience means salvation just as our dear brother paul also wrote you with the wisdom that god gave him Verse 16, he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Verse 17, therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, 
Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawlessness and fall from your secure position. Verse 18, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. So here in 2 Peter, we understand why God has to judge the world. Because the lawlessness in this world has got to come to an end. The destruction to this earth has got to come to an end. Evil, hatred, malice, jealousy, and all the rest of those ungodly things must come to an end. Why? So people say, how rude of your God to say he's going to destroy and punish the earth. How terrible of a God you serve that he would do that to all of you Christians. These past few weeks, we've learned that God will not include the Christians in the awesome destruction of his judgment that's coming to this earth. He makes it very, very clear that he will come for his people first. That's why you read, be blameless in front of the Lord Jesus Christ when he appears. But brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't serve a mean, horrible, vengeful, judgmental God. Why is our God doing all that he is doing today? And why must he judge the world? It is so that he can bring a new heaven and a new earth. And that new heaven and that new earth is being prepared for his people who are born again in his image and his likeness. Those who will take on a new mind, a new body, a new spirit. Our Lord, glory to him be forever. Isaiah 24, please read with me. 5 through 6. The earth is defiled by its people. Did you hear that? Defiled by its people. They have disobeyed the laws, violated the statutes, and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must bear their guilt. Therefore, earth's inhabitants are burnt up and very few are left. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and not the truth. It is not in us. Galatians 3, 24. Who in his coming and life perfectly keep the laws of God and so qualify to act as our Savior. 1 Timothy 2, 5 through 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, 
the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. As Jesus said of himself, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And lastly, John 14, 6, Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have been clearly told in these scriptures that God is going to judge the world. The earth has been defiled by its people. The people have disobeyed the laws of God, violated the statutes, and broke the everlasting covenants between God and man. Therefore, a curse will consume the earth, not God. A curse will consume the earth because it says its people must bear their guilt. They must be judged accordingly. Therefore, the earth's inhabitants, it's all burned up. Why? Because the earth has been reckless, reckless with their lives, not caring about anything but themselves. They are vile. They are wicked. They are selfish. They rebel. They're defiled. Remember that in the beginning, this earth was pure and undefiled. In the, art, in the garden of God, we know that in that garden, things were perfect. Then Adam and Eve sinned. They defiled the earth by their sin. And we with them. Hence, there is rather an unholy place now. Being devoted to evil. Let me say that again, an unholy place on the earth that is being devoted to doing evil, not to do the holy things of God. Yes, this world and its people are guilty of disobeying and violating the laws and statutes of God. So many have become covenant breakers. Where are those people who respect the Ten Commandments? Where are those people who are reading the word of God every day? Where are those people that are trusting God with all of their hearts and leaning not on their own understanding? Where are the Moseses of this generation? Where are the John the Baptist of this generation leading and guiding the people to a promised land that God has promised us. No, the word of God says that all have sinned and have fallen short from the glory of God. Why? Because they, we don't have those great evangelical gatherings anymore. We don't have people by the thousands gathered in one place, raising their hands and worshiping and praising God, falling on their knees and weeping at his feet, confessing their sins and asking God to make them more pure and more righteous. Where are those people? Where are those gatherings? Listen, the word of God says, if we claim that we have not sinned, we are a liar. For all have sinned and have fallen short from the glory of God. 
Where are the people coming to the throne of God and asking for forgiveness, trying to keep their life perfect in the law of God? Listen, people are refusing to seek out God, even during a time of pandemic when they have more time than they've ever had before. Brothers and sisters in Christ, forgiveness and peace can only be found in our Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture in 1 Timothy 2, 5, 6 tells us there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is part of the Holy Trinity, God, the Father, the unseen God, Jesus, the Son, the God that was seen by all, and the Holy Spirit, which is the power and comforter that God has placed here on earth. We need to rise up as a people of God more interested in what's going on around the world and more interested right now in what should be going on in the church because what goes on in the church will eventually, when COVID-19 is over, it will seep out into the entire island. We need to right now focus on the word of God, focus on the plan of God, as you heard Elder Lynn say in her testimony. During this time of COVID, it has not only given her more time with Elder Ted, but it's given them more time with God. Why do you think all of this is happening? Why do you think God has allowed this disease to last for so many months? Because the people need more time. The people need more time to understand that the day of judgment is at hand. The people need more time to get right with God, to pray with God, to read his word, to spend more time in the spirit. This is our time, brothers and sisters in Christ, to become stronger Christians than we've ever been before, to have our feet grounded in the word of God, to share our love one-on-one -on -one with God. We have time with him, so we pray every day that this pandemic will come to an end. But praise be to God, it hasn't come to an end yet because the Christians are not quite ready to turn this world right side up for God. That is our duty. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the world is living in darkness. It's not COVID-19 that is destroying the world today. It is the lack of God's love. For love conquers all sin. Love expels all darkness. So our prayer in the church is for the love of God to reach the four corners of this world and allow people to not be selfish and to share with one another whatever they do have. Listen to me. What is the government doing today? They're giving more and more money. They're giving restaurant cards to all of the people who are unemployed and at home, what about the essential workers that are working every single day and risking their
trying to say don't help those on unemployment. I'm not trying to say don't help all the people because thank God they are. But what kind of world do we live in where they no longer recognize and salute and esteem those people that are really making a difference in this world and in our lives. The essential workers, the Christians. Why are they not opening up the churches now to full capacity? Have them wear their mask. Have them be three feet apart. Why are they having them not sing? Because they want the world to continue in the darkness that it's in. But listen, they can close down the churches. They can ask the preachers to stop preaching. It won't matter because we are the church. And we have the Bible, the word of God. So we as Christians have nothing to fear. It's everyone else around us. So brothers and sisters, as I close my message this morning, take heed to the past messages that I have had these past few weeks. God is beseeching his church to take this time to find ways to reach out to those who need God. This is the time. This is the time if they're unemployed, and, and, and they don't have any money. Do you understand? This is the time to teach them how to reach out to God. God is our provider. They don't have anything to eat. Now's the time to reach out to them and let them know God will provide as he does for the sparrows of the field. When they're brokenhearted, when they've lost a loved one, now is the time. We have the time to make a difference in the lives of others. Brethren, let's make a pact today in this service to feed God's sheep. He asked Peter three times, do you love me? Peter said, you know I do. Of course Jesus knows he does. But he answered by saying, if you love me, feed my sheep. That's what this is all about. God wanting to use you and me to feed his sheep. If you love them, tell them about Christ. Listen, they don't have to accept it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You just tell them. It's up to them. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink it. Our job is to lead them to the water, to the water, the living waters. It's up to them whether they will choose Christ or not. It's up to us to do our job. It's up to us to pray for others, to take their hands. What has happened? We can't because of COVID. We can't touch each other. We can't worship because of COVID. We have to, my friends, in our own way, we must continue to pray for each other in a way we've never prayed before. We must become stronger Christians than we've ever come before. Do you have a talent of some kind? Use it for God, because that's why you have it. That's why he gave it to you. 
Are you a nurse? Are you a doctor? Lay your hands upon the sick so that they can recover. Are you a singer? Are you a dancer? Use it for the glory of God. But above all, use love, for in love there is life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. They've taken prayer and God out of the schools, out of the sports arenas. Eventually, they will want to take it out of the churches. What am I saying? Our time is short. We don't have much time, brethren. If this pandemic gets worse, they will close the church. There will never again be great evangelical gatherings. There will never again be Christian concerts. We can only hope that it gets better. What if it doesn't? We don't know, we're not God. We don't know the future, only he knows. Why would we wait? Why take a chance? Why are we all waiting for COVID to finish? There's no reason to wait. This is the time. You don't have to take them by the hand and pray for them. You can just pray for them. Let them know you've prayed for them. Just simply say, I will say a prayer for you. I doubt that anyone's going to go, no, don't pray for me. I don't want you to pray for me. I prayed for thousands of people. Not once did I hear someone say that to me. And pray for those who are in the hospital beds. Pray for your family and your friends and everyone else. Can we come together on that? Yes. Can we spend our COVID time in prayer? Yes. Can we spend our COVID time invested in what we can do for God? Can we spend our COVID time saying, Lord, use me. What can I do next? Can we spend our COVID time asking God, what have we not done? What can we do now to get back on the right track? Listen, no one's perfect, not you, not me. We can fall off track at any time. What can we do to stay focused? And I know all of you want this because that's why you're here today. You wouldn't be here in church today if you didn't feel that way. You may be seated as I call upon the ministering ushers to kindly pass out the offering envelopes for this service. <laughs> 